Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to Slamfire Radio. This is episode 285 for January 4th, 2019. I am one of your hosts, Adriel. I am another one, Trevor. Can and I just say, like, mm-hmm. good job by not messing up the date? You know, when you go back to work on the first Monday after New Year's and you're writing something down, you always put 218, 218 takes a couple of days before you start putting 219. Well, we don't write checks anymore, so I don't, I don't usually have to like get held up there anymore at the local grocery store, say, like writing a check for your groceries. You've never used a pen at work in years, have you? I read on some post-it notes, but oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, no one else has to read them. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, anyway, good for you uh, for not screwing up the date. Yeah, Matthew and Kelly aren't here tonight. No, Kelly's got a mostly legitimate reason. Matthew just as everyone knows, hates the listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't even think he offered a reason. He just said, screw you guys and screw the listeners. Airplanes. Is it, was airplanes the reason tonight? Yeah. Uh, I, I watched some show about some people who have like attraction to, to like vehicles and that kind of thing. I think, I think that's what he's got for the airplanes. Oh, he's a little bit. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. It's 2019 after all, if you want to be attracted to airplanes, who are we to judge? Yeah. His um, friends, that's who. You're wrong. Fix yourself. <laughs> uh, Trevor, uh, let's see here. Before we get into uh, what you did in guns this week, uh, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, they've got a Glock 48 pre-order. What's a Glock 48? I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, the pre-order for a $200 refundable deposit uh, Glock 48 handgun. Uh, if you get the one with fixed sights, it will be $656. If you get the one with Ameriglow Bold, it'll be $794. And if you upgrade the uh, slide to black Cerakote, it'll be $39. Because they come with like a stainless steel slide. Some people yeah. like their Glocks all black. Okay, sure. But who didn't want to have the gun from uh, Bad Boys? You know, when... Um, Will Smith and his partner answer the door when his partner's daughter is going to go on a date and he's all swinging the gun around the air. He's got that Glock with the stainless slide that doesn't look like a Glock. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to have a Glock that was two-tone. Mm. Well, now this is it. Yep. Yeah. So, you wanted a Glock that looked like an SFP? Now you got it. <laughs> or a Ruger, I guess. You could get the Ruger two-tone. Oh, yeah, that's much better. <laughs> My SR9 was all black, but yeah, I, I, I kind of like the two tone look as well. But uh, you know, if you don't, they'll Cerakote it for you for pretty pr- pr- a pretty inexpensive price. Thirty nine bucks to Cerakote a slide? That's pretty inexpensive. Yeah, I don't think they're Cerakoting it. I think it's coming from the company as an oh, option. Oh, I see. Mm. Yeah. So it'll still be stainless underneath, just with a coating on top. Right. You don't like it? Take it off. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, what have you been up to in guns, Trevor? 
Um, been doing a lot, but not a lot of things. You know what I mean? What I've been doing, I doing. I've been doing a lot of. Um, I did, however, get my Savage A17. So that's a 17 HMR, a semi-automatic 17 HMR made by Savage. Um, I got the stock bedded. It was always my intention to get the stock bedded, but the um, it came, it broke. So I had no choice but to get it bedded sooner rather than later. So this is a really funny design, Adriel. You've got your, yeah, you've got your action that sits in the stock, right? Mm-hmm. The front action screw goes through the bottom of the stock into the action. The rear action screw goes through the action into a bushing, a threaded bushing that's been pressed into the wood in the stock. Kind of lame. They just took, you know, this piece of brass. First of all, it's brass. It's just, you know, soft. And it's all knurled. And it's pressed into a hole inside the stock. This is, uh, I don't know how the original Savage A17 plastic stock is configured, but this is how Boyd's did it. So this is A17. It's not an ordinary A17. It comes with, uh, with a Boyd stock from the factory. It mm. comes with a medium to heavyweight profile barrel, blued, not like just, it's like a, a polished blued, a glossy blued. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, t- first time I took the gun to the range, sighted it, in, sighted it in, and then I stopped by Muffins, and I took it out of the case, and I was showing it to him on his kitchen table, and all of a sudden the receiver was loose in the stock. And um, I took it to uh, DC Armory and had Denis look at it, and sure enough, that's what the problem was. The um, That insert that's pressed into the wood had broken loose. So I emailed Boyd's, and I'm like, uh, what do I do? Should I epoxy it? And I kid you not, this is what they said. Well, we don't epoxy them, but you can if you want to. Thanks for all the help, boys. <laughs> Way to go out there, you know. And I know stock didn't crack. That that bushing got loose. That's right. Okay. Oh yeah. So maybe it was misleading when I said it broke. Um, the wooden stock is not broken. Just the poorly designed and manufactured insert that mm-hmm. was placed in there came out. Well, I'm, okay, so if it's if it's just like a brass bushing in there and you screw mm-hmm. into it, you could pull that bushing out by screwing into it, couldn't you? Exactly. Uh, if yeah. you over-tightened it, you would just rotate it right inside the wood. Mm. So we hoped that in bedding the stock, that would simply, the bedding compound would hold it into place and not so much. So after... Um, we did the bedding right before the Christmas break. And then he went away to uh, visit family over Christmas, came back. And of course, by this time, the bedding compounds all cured, took it apart and screw, the, the screw didn't stay in place. So uh, I don't know how he fixed it, but he told me I got another message this morning, this afternoon saying it was fixed. So I will go pick that up in the morning and um, hopefully get that to the range sooner rather than later. Sighted in. Uh, <clears throat> What else? Did I talk about my picking up my CZ455 Varmint Evolution rifle? Or just saying last week or two weeks ago that I bought one? Varmint Evolution. I don't think so. All right. So when we were at the North Silva Show in Toronto, I ordered the CZ455 Varmint Evolution. So it's the yes. 450. Yes, okay. we did. I remember because you're talking about the var- the evolution stock, right? I was saying yeah. it's small for my hands. Yep. Right. Yep. So I got that home 
and uh, got the scope installed. So that's sitting on the wall looking all pretty and neglected. And barrel's been cleaned and ready to be uh, taken to the range and sighted in. One, two, three, four, five, six rifles need to go to the range to get sighted in because I've had them apart and removed scopes for coating or whatever. The worst time of year for that because the range is so inaccessible. Um, what else? Oh, uh, we had a gunny New Year's Eve party here. So some gunnies um, came up. Uh, Denise came over. Captain Andy came over. We drank copious amounts of scotch until the wee hours of the morning. And I don't care what Captain Andy posts anywhere on social media. The scotch glass was not cracked when I gave it to him. It was not. Also, he cheats at cards. And what else? I guess that's it. Uh, two, 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 two. Oh, and then since then, I've been reloading and doing lots of uh, brass prep <clears throat> because I've got to reload 308 for my stag 10. I've been figuring out the maximum capacity of my Thumbler's tumbler. Turns out it'll clean effectively 288 cases of 308. So if it'll hold 288, it'll hold 300. Let's let's be real. So Trevor was helping me. He was decapping them. And uh, he had before I knew it, he had the thing full. And he's like, do I keep going? I said, like, no, I stop. I don't even know if they're going to clean now. So I just reached in, took out two fistfuls and said, yeah, what the hell? We'll try it. I got nowhere to be. I'm on vacation. So uh, it worked. Yeah. Put them on overnight. And next day they were all super shiny clean. Nice. So from now on, I'll, if I've got copious amounts to do, I won't just look and go, eh, that's enough. I'll actually count them out and put in 300 at a time. So if it'll do 300, 308, it should be able to do 500, 223, no problem. So mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to 223, I, uh, oh, I bought something too to try and help speed up the process of reloading 223. So I bought a couple of weeks back, maybe a month or so more now, both in 223 and 308, the RCBS small base X die. So small base dies, for the listeners who don't know, undersize the brass just a little bit to increase the reliability when feeding into semi-automatics. And the X die has designed the mandrel in such a way to prevent the brass from stretching. So brass, press, brass prep sucks, and it sucks really bad when prepping for um, a semi-auto that uses military brass. So you get your hands on all this 223 brass and you have to process it. So first you clean it, then you lube it, then you full-length resize it. When you full-length resize it, it stretches. Now it has to be trimmed. Now the primer pocket has a crimp on there because it's military brass. After they install the, um, the primer, they crimp it. And that crimp creates a ridge. And that ridge has to be cut out or reamed before the new primer can be put in. It's or very you can swedge them out, but swedge them out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, depending on the tool you use, will be the name of the process. So, ream them or swedge them. Um, very time consuming. So, I was set up with the Dylan Super Swage, and uh, this has some ups and downs. One, if it's not adjusted correctly, well, first of all, when you swage the primer pocket, there's a rod that goes inside the case from the front through the case mouth and then a cutting tool that comes into the primer pocket from the back. And those two kind of meet up on the um, base of the case 
right at the head stamp area. And if there's a burr inside the case from where the flash hole was punched, because when they put the flash hole in the back of the case, it's just a steel dowel that punches through the back of the, of the brass and it creates a burr and that burr is still inside the case. What happens when you use that Dillon swage, super swage, is it crushes that burr back on top of the flash hole. Oh, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that would, hmm. Yeah, you need to like, a little peek inside. So, so, so it chokes off your flash hole. So I ended up with a bunch of nine mil this summer that the primer pocket was crimped. So you can use this machine to take the, to swage the primer pockets on a bunch of different calibers. And I noticed very easily in the nine mil, because it's, you know, really simple to see inside to the bottom of nine mil. I noticed that burr was getting crushed, Adriel. So I ended up having to use my primer pocket, no, sorry, my flash hole deburring tool to remove that. Well, I ended up with the most accurate pistol ammo I ever produced by deburring those flash holes. Uh, you wouldn't think it would make a difference. And I often said there's no point in doing like rifle caliber brass prep to pistol brass. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they were the tightest groups I ever shot with ammo that i ever produced that yeah, was psychosomatic it was you not just took the time you're like you... man this brass is so nice i'm gonna shoot it it's gonna be perfect and it was but it was like manifest no. destiny no you took the time to shoot <sighs> sound just like captain andy right now <laughs> anyway <clears throat> moving on um so that's very time consuming you ream the primer pocket and then you have no choice but to deburr the flash hole. So we had one time I had some family over because it's over the Christmas holidays. I was trimming. Another family member was resizing and another family member was uh, swaging the primer pockets. God so all bless three, your family. Oh, I know, right? It was amazing. They saved me a full day of labor because we had all three processes going on at once. It was, it was like a little sweatshop. They were all pretty much children, right? And so... Kids, not just good for making Nike sneakers anymore. Who knew? So anyway, um, I found a tool. I found two different types of tools. One's called Swagit. The other one, I don't know what it's called, but they actually mount to your Dillon 650, and they swage the case on the downstroke, the stroke that would normally be done to seat a primer. Now, instead of the ram coming up and pushing a primer into the case, it's a um, swage coming up into the shell plate and swaging the primer pocket. Now I'm, I'm hearing all kinds of horror stories. Dylan will cancel your warranty. These things break shell plates. There's one that's spring loaded. Um, the company didn't review it, but some other guy did. And the comments are just trash. This product is no good. It doesn't work. It went on and on and on. And then there was another guy. He made his own video selling his product and he had the comments disabled. So I was like, Oh, that can't be much good either. Um, so anyway, I, um, went with that one, even though it's his video and it's all his propaganda, of course. Um, he made some arguments about why his product was better than the spring loaded one. So I decided to give it a try. I ordered it. I put a picture of it on Instagram then somebody who's way more knowledgeable than me uh, sent me an email. He's like, I didn't put this on Instagram because it was too much to type there. Just an email for you. But yeah, you probably made a mistake buying this thing. You're going to break shell plates. I'm like, oh, damn it. Because it'll do, it does 
small primer pockets. Doesn't matter if it's rifle, doesn't matter if it's pistol. It's not like a uniforming tool where it does matter because of the depth. So, so how does it break shell plates though? Okay, so okay, just so oh, I, uh, the the torque. Okay, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Typically on the downstroke, you don't put a lot of pressure on the shell plate. You're just no more pressure than seating a primer into a primer pocket. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's got a tiny little bolt holding the whole thing in. Yeah. It's not made for a ton of pressure up. No, that's right. Now I broke shell plates before on my nine mil shell plates using the Evolution Gunworks undersized die. Nine mil is the hardest caliber to reload on a Dillon 650 and 45 is the easiest. It's like they tried to make one press versatile and something that you can change and use with other calibers but it had to be i think it had to be designed around one caliber and if you ask me that caliber may have been 45 because 45 is easy to reload for it just uh, generally it though. sure is it yeah. sure is it goes through the dylan like butter the nine mil is a tapered case it's not a straight walled case and um with the evolution uh gunworks undersized die yeah you, you, you had to use case loop it was so stiff, man, to get those little buggers in that die that the shell plates all cracked along the bottom. Hmm. You think about it, when you're bringing the tool, the ram up, the dies are above, right? The, the brass is going into those dies. All the pressure is down on the tool, on the ram, on the shell plate. And but all isn't my there like stuff under the shell plates to like bolster it? Like I could see if you're pushing up on the shell plate because there's nothing above it. It's it's just being held in by that center screw. But pushing down on it, like when you're when you're there's a gap there. Mm. There's a gap. There's a gap there around the outside edge. That shell plate needs to rotate, right? Mm-hmm. It's there's one little bearing that it clicks clicks onto. Yep. Click. Yep. Click. But when it's stationary and in position, where you're going to do something, resize or seat a bullet or whatever, it's still not touching flat on the ramp. Hmm. So there's there's a couple of thou there and you can actually not tighten your, there's a sweet spot. The shell plate is held to the ram with one screw in the middle. Yep. Screw that screw down until the shell plate gets hard to, to turn and then you back it up just a little bit till your shell plate rotates on the ram freely and then you lock that center screw down with a set screw on the side of the ram. And some people don't put that center screw down low enough and they leave play in their shell plate and their shell plates actually wiggle mm. and wobble around a little bit. So that's for better reliability. It works in the <laughs> 11s too. Yeah, that's right. Loose tolerances. <laughs> so that's just anyway, what you want with reloading. I'm still, look, you know what? I'd have to like break a lot of shell plates to still not use this tool because um, I'm telling you, processing. 223 brass or 556 brass is a pain. So now I'm going to have a tool head with my RCBS resizing or RCBS X die in it. Oh, uh, or sorry, undersized die, small base die. There we go. So the loop cases will go into the case feeder. They'll come down. They'll get resized in the undersized die in station one. Station two will swage the primer pocket, and that's it. And then that's it. And then I'll clean the lube off those cases. And then I'll put the other tool head on with everything but a resizing die. Put the processed brass in the case feeder and then just run it like, like you normally would reload your, your handgun ammo. So that'll speed things up a lot. But you know what's really going to speed things up? Is going forward, provided I always saw so all my cases are marked now. On, on either side of the primer pocket with two purple stripes, just like my pistol ammo. So provided I always recover my brass, 
there's no more work to do. Lube it and throw it in the press. The X die won't let it stretch, so I don't have to trim it. And my primer pockets are done. That's a one and done process. But you got to find your 223 brass that's getting kicked out the side of your rifle and yep. flying like 10 feet away to your right and a little bit forward. Right. And unless it's a big match or a match in Nova Scotia, I'm going to get my my brass back. Just, I'll just run a catcher on it or something, right? No, I ran a catcher on a rifle before and it caused malfunctions. They got, they hit the catcher and bounced back in and uh, maybe Was a catcher, catcher during... like really firm or something like that. I've got one of those Caldwell ones, the mesh. That's what I have, a Caldwell. Huh. Yep. And actually... I just leave the bottom unzipped. And if you just, you pound uh, rounds out and it just kind of falls onto the bench next to you. Oh, uh, no, mine were, uh, maybe I didn't have it on correctly and mm-hmm. they were coming out, but some, sometimes they would bounce back in. They wouldn't. Huh. It, yeah. So maybe I'll try it again. It's we'll around somewhere. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as long as I pick up that brass, I'm good to go. Right. I will have to lube it, but I won't have to trim it because of the X die and the primer pockets are done. So expect, I mean, it's not hard to recover your brass during practice. Uh, in a match, yeah, well, maybe I'll sacrifice a little on a match. I mean, I don't bend over for 9 or 40 in a match, so, and it's not like I'm going to shoot uh, rifle matches every other weekend, so who cares? Um, what else? Oh, and then this. So normally I'd be wearing my Calgary Shooting Center hat, you know. Shout out to Mark Giroux, came to the house today to set up his press, wearing a Calgary Shooting Center t-shirt, and then I thought to myself, how come I don't have a Calgary Center t- t-shirt? So I'm going to have to talk to Jeff. So yeah, normally I have a Calgary, saying, Calgary Center Calgary uh, Shooting Center t-shirt yeah. on. There you go. I haven't drank in days, Adriel. It's not my fault. I can't put a sentence together. No drink January? No. Yeah, right. That's not true. I had a glass of scotch. I was going to say this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> late afternoon with Mark to toast in the new year. Anyway, so uh, it's official. I'm pro staff for the Calgary Shooting Center, and this is what they sent me to shoot on their behalf. It is a Dan Wesson PM9, and damn if it is not a fine gun. Adriel, for the money, it's not a $1,000 1911. That's true. But when you compare it to other 1911s, you know where your money went. Um, This gun, the fit and finish and quality of this gun, is better than STI. Is it a two double stack, single stack? It's a single stack. It's it's my classic gun. There's the magwell you see. What caliber is it in? Not nine millimeter, of course. It's a gamer gun. Mm. Now, of course, Dan Wesson makes forty fives, um, but this is my new Ipsic Classic Division pistol. So, so uh, features right out the box: extended beaver tail, incredibly well blended to the frame and fitted to the frame. Uh, it had a skeletonized aluminum trigger with an adjustable over-travel screw, front and rear caulking serrations. The top of the slide is serrated mm-hmm. and matte in color so that light doesn't shine off of it. It comes with a fiber optic front sight. It comes with an adjustable rear um, sight. It comes with a skeletonized hammer. Um, the mainspring, this is not it because I put a magwell on there. The mainspring is flat and checkered. It has a Subtle undercut to the trigger guard. I've seen some that were more aggressive on 1911s, but it most 1911s have no undercut to the trigger guard. So this one has a nice low profile one. Um, and the front strap checkering, well, it would hurt Matthew's hands. I'll say that much. Like it's, and, and Tommy from the uh, Paracast, it would definitely be too much checkering for him. 
Was front that and rear Ryan that was uh, complaining about the uh, aggressiveness on the FNS uh, checkering? I think it was Brian that was complaining about that. I thought it was you. Nope. I, I, you see my hey, clock. You got glitter <laughs> clock. Maybe it was Brian. It could be. Um, it comes with a full-length steel guide rod. Look at the recessed crown on this barrel. I mean, that's nice. It's not a bull barrel because it still has a bushing, but it's a bull barrel for a bushing barrel. You know what I mean? It looks very smooth. Very smooth. And um, the trigger I hasn't been touched, and it's just amazing. Look at the reset on this. Yep. Um, I don't know. I actually didn't put the trigger scale on it yet, but I will uh, at some point. So anyway, uh, I got to get to the range and side it in because there's a match. And I got to put like, you know, a couple of hundred rounds through it. There's a match on the 13th. And uh, so I definitely want to go use it in that match. So pretty excited about that. That's all I've been up to for the last two weeks. Um, what about you? Well, let's see here. Uh, last time we spoke, I was talking about trying to get 40 cal mags for my Glock and I got some. So, well, I got some on the way. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I got some ETS mags uh, in 40, which apparently are supposed to work. So we'll see. They also take Glock base plates. And I've got those nicer aluminum base pads for mine, so I would love to switch those over to 40 kilo mags for uh, for three gun. Mm. Uh, Tenda had a deal on these Gersan, 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 Gerson, yeah, Turkish. whatever, Turkish hand gats for uh, <laughs> Turkish MMPs. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're Turkish MMPs. They're they're MC28 SA. The price was so good, two eighty nine. Was what, the, what their price was. Now Wolverines um, beat that. Wolverines selling them for two eighty five or something like that. Oh my god! Oh, like try to compare that. What what else can you get for that price right now? You could well, get you know a Tokarev. You could it's, get a Nork. It screws us because we've got some at the shop, and I'm sure when we got them, our cost was more than that. So what are we supposed to lose money on them now? Sucks. Or just wait for Tanda and Wolverine to blow out their stack stock or something like that i did not really need this gun but i bought it anyways you did did you get the five inch optic mount ready one no i got the cheap one the 289 oh the real real short one yeah the four and a quarter i think is they got a shorter one they got a compact this isn't the compact really yeah they've got a compact version um Okay, here's here's my thought. So I did a bunch of research on it. Um, I've looked at the YouTube videos. Some guys are saying that the shadow mags work in them. The CZ75 mags work in them, uh, which would be real interesting because, uh, like, I've I've got the articles on three gun. Now, if you were going to start in three gun, you like you don't want to throw a bunch of money at this. What if you started with an MC28? You got your shadow mags. You got your shadow mag pouches, and then at some point you're like, I don't like this gun anymore. You turn around, you sell it. You get a shadow one or a shadow two. You keep your mags. You keep your mag pouches, and you're off. You're off, right? Amazing. Yep. Mm. So that's the. Uh, I'll I'll be testing that angle uh, with that gun. Uh, that that'll come in next week or something like that. It's it's in the mail. Uh, I wrote some gear articles. Uh, I wrote an acceptable accuracy article, and I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to hear from you, Trevor. If if you're going to go to the range, if you could try to duplicate some of these distances and see what how you do. Um, uh, so I, I got distance, I got like accuracy from what they do at the Olympics. And I threw those into the article, um, mostly because I'm tired of people telling me how they're shooting one inch groups standing at a hundred yards and, yeah, uh, lies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of it. And, I'm tired of it uh, too. 
on my YouTube channel, I get a lot of people saying they're getting uh, one inch groups or less with their at 200 meters or 200 yards with their hunting rifles. Uh-huh. No, they're not. No, you're not. Maybe you shot it once. But uh, do that five times on a piece of paper. Oh, you can't. Oh, oh, well, maybe it was just a fluke, right? So Mm -hmm. I I wrote this article. Um, I'm curious because I I, I, I tested myself. Um, Standing pistol, 10 meters. I can do about a two-inch group. I I don't really have the patience to to do like really careful, slow fire. Um, And basically, as soon as my sights are back on target, I'm pulling the trigger. Uh, So that's that's just how I'm wired right now. So two inches at 10 meters, 20 MOA, give or take. Um, do you know what you do? can do at 10 meters. I can, I can put, uh, I can do if I, I now, what can I do all the time? I know I can pull off an inch. Mm-hmm. I don't always pull off an inch, but I often pull off an inch. I mean, I've got, um, I will send you a picture that I shot with the Beretta 92, you know, the size of an Ipsic patch, mm-hmm. Ipsic patches an inch. 10 shots for some, I took that Beretta to the range, 10 shots inside that patch, like, uh, just gross accuracy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but that's mostly you like the gun, the gun's good for three to 10 MOA somewhere in there. So if you're, if you're under an inch at 10 meters, it's you. Well, it's me, but it's also the gun. I mean, I can't outshoot the gun. Um, if the gun sucks, no matter how good I am, I won't make it shoot an inch. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, and then standing rifle. Uh, I just I, I used my maple seed target. I can do about two inches at twenty five meters. That's about eight m away. Um, if I if I practiced, I could probably get it down to six or better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like an all day event shooting and and shooting twenty two is the kind of thing. Um, prone uh, unsupported rifle twenty five meters. I figure about an inch, uh, which is about four MOA. I might be able to do better on some days, but that's, again, just an average, like taking a look at my target and uh, uh, how I can do. Um, the The prone wasn't super pressed for time. The standing was. Standing rifle was was pressed for time. That was a minute with a bolt action. So, uh, and a mag change in between. So, I don't know, somewhere around there. Anyways, if you go to the range, uh, send me your numbers because I, I want to throw a couple of different uh, measurements in there. Just right. to, to what do you want me to what do you want me to try and do? Standing pistol ten meter, standing yeah. unsupported rifle twenty five meter, or any any other distance, um, and prone because I'm doing MOA adjustment uh, uh, okay. equivalents out of this. Yeah, so I can't yeah. I can't do prone. Well, I mean I can if I want to go lay on the rifle range mm-hmm. in the cold. I got a mat, I suppose. I could definitely do standing at 25 because inside the, the front building, we've got a stand at 25, one in a hundred. Perfect. So, I mean, I could take my maple seed rifle all slung up and, yeah, you know, see what I can do there. Yeah, give it a shot. I'm just trying to get a couple of the data points for, uh, you know, what you could expect to get to and, you know, what's a, what's a, a reasonable average. Mm. Uh, what else did I do? I sold my XD 45. Uh, that's uh, sold and transfers in progress right now. I also betted a stock. I betted my 17 B mag. So uh, I wanted to go out to the range and do this test, this prone test. Yeah. Um, uh, hold on. Go back to the XD. Why? Who? What? <clears throat> uh, uh, CGN. Because uh, uh, I I don't need a 45 ACP pistol. I do competition shooting. Um, I don't really need anything else. You're still needed. You don't need a 45 XD. I don't need a forty-five. I sold my I sold my forty-five nineteen eleven too, and there was nothing. Oh, you did, eh? Yeah, that was one of the um, 
Filipino Sam's or whatever. Yes. Which, yeah. and it was fine. It was, yeah. it was a decent little pistol. Yeah. Reliable. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. 17 B mag. So, um, I got the heavy barrel and I put it in a Boyd stock last year and I shot it and I got like two MOA. And I'm like, man, I'm still not super in love with this thing. Uh, and it's been sitting in my safe. I wanted to do this accuracy testing with it. Um, but beforehand, I, I went and Googled, looked online. Some people were saying, yeah, you got to bed the stock. Uh, that's that's one of the problems that you're seeing with this. So I betted the stock uh, to the action. Um, did you do it yourself or did you have it done? No, I had it done myself. I've got a Brownells kit and uh, uh, yeah, did it myself. Question. Yep. Did your Brownells kit come with like the rubber band that you put around the action to hold it into the stock? Or do you use the action screws? Uh, it comes with the rubber band. The, uh, and did tubing. you use that or did you use the accent screws tubing really see Denny and i talked about that and we can't understand why anyone would use the tubing the tubing is not guaranteeing that it's straight in the action that you have equal pressure front and back i don't i don't get the tubing man when you could just use your own action screws you put release agent in the threads you put release mm-hmm. agent on the bolts and you use your screws and hold it into place now you I, know didn't, you're... I didn't want mine uh every time like this the stock to action fit that I got with this Boyd's, the barrel's actually off center. So I actually wanted to bet it a little bit better centered. Hmm. Uh, so I put the epoxy in there. I put a, a bit of modeling clay right at the front of the uh, uh stock. Yeah. And when I pressed it in there, that <laughs> modeling clay kept it centered, kept it kept the whole thing centered. And then I put the tubing over top. And then afterwards I put the screws in and I when I screwed it in, the epoxy kept it kept the whole uh thing nice and centered. You let it cure with the action screws installed? No, I did not put the action really? screws in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Anyways, uh, the accuracy tightened up on it. Uh, I got some. I don't have any targets here to show you here. Uh, they're, I think they're back there. Um, I got right around half an inch at uh, at fifty meters from two inches. From uh, from one oh, two inches at one hundred, so one inch. So it, it cut the groups about in half. But Dang. I had every once in a while, I'd have one round boop go way low, and I was like, "This is." stupid why is this thing doing this to me and i had a couple of rounds that would not strike off and i've got one here this is the 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 worst culprit uh this is a hornady uh hornady i think it's a hornady is that uh, an h on it uh it's got 17 wsm on the on the head stamp okay um, the, um, the the um hornady has an h so uh for you've the, got the ws yeah, I've got uh Yeah, WSM. More faster. This is faster than your, yeah. your pathetic 17 HMR. <laughs> That's the one that was a nail gun blank converted to a rifle bullet. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh it is one of these uh Hornady rounds here. Now I, I had some problems striking this thing off, and uh I kept loading and reloading it. And uh, take a look at what the, the base of this looks like. I don't know if I can get this up on camera. I'll, uh, I'll take can. a picture. And I'll, I'll, it, I'll doesn't, it doesn't look like a nice clean hit. It's quite kind of butchered there. It looks like because it was I, I struck this round off five times before it went. And then it went. Wow. Yes. So there's no priming compound at this part of the rim, but there is on this side of the rim. Oh. Now, 
what happens if your cases aren't primed all the way around the 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 uh, uh, rim there? You might get inconsistent uh, velocities, right? So I took a look online. And sure enough, yeah, there's some people who are saying like some of this 17 WSM stuff, they're getting huge SDs on it. Uh, their, their deviation uh, is, is like plus 80, minus 70 on some of these rounds. So uh, most of the rounds, super, super accurate. Every once in a while, spits one out into space because I, I think the primer compound on these things is garbage. It's just not uh, uh, consistent enough. That's not cool. They're too expensive for that to be acceptable. Well, the the rounds are actually about the same price as 17 HMR. Which is the same price as 223. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, come on, dude. Yeah. I've got a whole pile of them, too. I bought, like, uh, I don't know, six boxes of this stuff. Well, yeah. 50 round boxes. Because go for seasons coming. And you obviously want to show me up. I'm going to miss some of them, and I'm going to blame every single one, not on me, but on these cases, just just, just to let you know. I, I, I hold myself to no fault. So for years, <laughs> for years, we've been doing our annual uh, gopher trip, and uh, me with the 17, and you with the 22, and now you're breaking out the big guns. Yeah. You yeah. you you want to you wanna put one in, too, don't you? I want to see, like, the mist. Yeah. The mist coming off of it. Anyway, so... So this this is all part of this one range trip. I had this one range trip, and it all it just sucked. The, everything sucked. The weather sucked. It was like minus twenty and windy, and I'm out there trying to do accuracy testing for this stupid article that I've got, <laughs> so I can put a data point in there. Uh, so I'm I'm shooting a steel gun uh, minus twenty uh, windy, uh, and I'm trying to go for accuracy. It didn't go well. Uh, let's see here. I took my BCL 102 out. They sent me a new extractor. So I put the extractor in there and it sent you a replacement extractor. (laughs) It was not the problem. The extractor was fine. It didn't, it didn't fix the ejection whatsoever. The ejection was the issue. It's, uh, as the cases, I I sent them a slow-mo video of this. It, as it's pulling the case back, so on, on a plunger ejector uh, uh, style rifle, yeah. here's, the, here's the, the edge of the port. As it clears that, the pressure from that plunger overpowers it and it flicks it out the side, right? Correct. And you need strong pressure on it, so it flicks. Yeah. And then as it comes back, yeah. it hits the shell deflector and poof, it's off into space. Uh, this thing comes out and it stays and sometimes it'll like fobble out and uh, most of the time it won't. So uh, now they're sending me a whole bolt to try out and uh, and see if that fixes the uh, ejection issues with it. Well, I, I I'm tempted you... to just try a new ejector to go get an air tenant. It's got a lifetime warranty, so I'm going to give them like every chance to 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 fix it because that that's what I should do, right? But uh, I think Absolutely. I think if I replace the ejector on it because it's got a real weird profile ejector on it, yeah, it would fix it. But I would just still like to take a macro shot of your extractor and my extractor to look at how they stack up because it's just, I expected that you, the picture that you, anyway, yours looks like it was um, machined with a chainsaw. Sure. It extracts fine. I think the extractor is not the problem. I think the ejector is the problem. The ejector slash you, the bolt bolt. You face take a design. bolt out. When you take the bolt of the gun and put a round on it, like is there anything there? Yes. To, 
there, there is, is some tension pressure there. But what I, what I think is happening is that uh, the, the I sent you some pictures there. The bolt face has quite an angle on it, uh, which should help with feeding, right? As the, the case comes in, it hits that angle. It gets centered in the bolt pocket, uh, the, the face pocket there. I don't know what the word is for it. And it'll, it'll ram and it'll be good to go. Same thing with the ejector. It's also got an angle, which should help with feeding. But on ejection, as it's pulling it out, uh, I think as it's starting to clear and tip, it's actually slipping out of that extractor instead of using the spring pressure to flick it off to the side. Interesting. That's what I think. I'm not like I don't. I don't I'm not a professional at this or anything. I'm a I'm a I'm amateur, self-professed internet uh, gun expert, which doesn't uh, you know they 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 hand those those certificates out as soon as you join the internet. I could get yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have one. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's what happened with that. Uh, I took my AR-15 out. Uh, accuracy was good. I, I I still I had a hammer follow, and it's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy so much. So the the problem I'm having with this thing is, um, every once in a while, the hammer follows the bolt forward, and I got a dead trigger. Um, and if I'm uh, at this point, um, I'm out of ideas. So I took all the parts out of my AR whoop, barrel trigger everything and I put it in my aero precision upper and lower with a new recoil spring and buffer and I, I threw the other BCG back into it because I'm not going to run a, a lightweight BCG if, if it if it's not going to make a difference right so you want to sell that what this yeah Oh man, this thing's so good. Look how clean this thing is. It wiped clean like nothing. This is like 30, 30 rounds. It wipes so nice. Huh. Yeah. No, I like it. I don't have a use for it right now, though. So you want to sell it? Not really. I like it, though. Hmm. It's like it cleans up so. Like, uh, do you have any uh, uh, nickel boron stuff? No. It stains. So nickel boron like stays really uh, slippery. Uh-huh. But it stains and it looks like garbage. It's it like gets blackened and, and I, I, it's supposed to like wipe clean and it does wipe clean, but it stains. This stays like super nice and clean. I wiped it and the carbon just comes right off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. It's got a more coarse kind of a feel to it. Yeah. Um, but stays really nice and cleans really nicely. Because mm. my my SLR is like pounds lighter than all my other guns. Mm-hmm. And I've got a full auto bolt carry group in there. Which is, you know, heavy. Yep. Don't need to be in there. Yep. I can take that out and put that, that yeah. thing in there. Yep. Just buy one from Brownells. Cheap. Are they? Yeah. How much? A hundred and nineteen? A hundred? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Cheap enough. Cheap cheap yeah. for that. Yep. Huh. Cool. If, if right. you don't get the gold one, I think it's like a hundred bucks. Wow. <laughs> Because there's nothing else to it, right? It, this yeah. is a plain steel bolt. Um, there's a little bit more machining on there, but you do a whole bunch of them, and it's about the same price as doing a, a standard AR-15 bolt carrier, right? You know what? You just solved Captain Andy's problems. I didn't know he had problems. I assumed, but uh, well, uh, yeah, you assumed correctly. <laughs> yeah, he could just he could just go ahead buy himself a regular bolt carrier group for his AR-10. And put it on his mill. Yes, he could just he could just create his own lightweight. Yeah, just, air. That's all that is. 
Just get on there with a Dremel <laughs> or a mill if you're fancy. And, well, he's uh, fancy. Hack at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could totally do that. Do you want to send him some pictures of that to his Facebook? He would. Uh, he will hmm. start cutting up bolt carrier groups, and he'll, he'll of course, he'll use mine to learn on. The first one, yeah. yeah. Hopefully he doesn't yeah. crack it. But uh, yeah. he'll probably crack it, like yeah. his glass and your slide. and. Mm-hmm. But he did a great job of fixing my barrel, but we'll talk about that during the shows. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyways, AR-15, I was running my red dot. Accuracy was great with it. I had it nicely sighted in, and I took it home, and I tore it all to pieces. <laughs> so now it's not going to be sighted in anymore. But uh, whatever. Oh, uh, man. I don't understand. And now do I. I, I at this point I think like maybe it's me. Maybe I'm like I'm bumping it off my shoulder and I'm hitting the trigger. Is it? It's it's like that does that's not a thing. That's is not it? A thing. I don't think if that's that a was thing. a thing. That platform wouldn't exist. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing. It's not Anyways. a thing. Uh, and then the most exciting thing, I got a uh, a double charge in my shadow too. Boy, did and, you ever? Uh, yeah, whew. yeah. I threw it up on Instagram and that kind of thing. Uh, so I have a whole bunch of like, if, if I come back from a match, I'll have like a whole bunch of whatever, just loose ammo in my bag from, I don't know. I, I, you pick up the one round off the ground and I'll throw it in my pocket instead of throwing it in a mag or whatever. And, uh, yeah, one of them, oh, one of them, my shadow disagreed with and, uh, it, it popped. Yeah. In fairness, the, the ammo started the fight with the shadow, not the other way around. It's true. Yeah. And it won. Uh, it won. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. So what kind of damage did the shadow sustain? Well, so off the shot, uh, I was I was firing it with a, a table um, in front of me, and I fired, and I got uh, spray back in my face. So I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> uh, I, ch- I checked it out. Um, the slide was actually uh, just a little bit to the rear, something like that, um, which I believe. Okay, the, so a lot of people online were saying because uh, I posted this stuff on Reddit and Instagram, so people were saying, oh, that's a that's an out of battery because the slides to the rear. I actually disagree. I think uh, a lot of uh, actually a bunch of people said like, oh, yeah, my buddy had an out of battery with that thing. And the trigger can be pulled when it's out of battery. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, and, and the reason why I don't think so is you can't actually do it with a shadow. Uh, as soon as you pull this slide back enough to where that barrel is unlocking from the slide, uh, the, the trigger is dead. So the, the barrel at least has to be partially locked in there for you to pull the trigger. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't think it's an out of battery. I think it was a straight up double charge. Um, and, uh, in terms of, uh, damage, uh, most of the gas went up the side, uh, killed the extractor and launched it into space. It was somewhere never to be found. Uh, it, it, uh, blew out the bottom of the magazine. That's where most of the pressure actually went is, is down the magazine. Well, and, uh, the base pad, the plastic base pad for the, uh, uh, what do they call mechgar mags? Uh, just into a bajillion pieces in front of me, um, and uh, and that's kind of it. I mean, uh, yeah, the the case was kind of stuck in there, so I had to uh, safety the gun, take it home, and then knock the case out with a, a wooden dowel, and it, it came out fairly easily. Um, I uh, I took a look at uh, at what parts were uh, uh, damaged, and uh, not really a lot. It blew out this uh, this pin on the side here, which is your slide uh, your slide stop retaining pin uh, retaining spring pin. Uh, that yeah. guy right there, just from the pressure, right? Keep in mind, there's a lot of pressure that was right here, so some of the pins uh, went psh, flying out the side there. Um, it uh, 
bent uh, that spring as well. And I lost my extractor. So I'd, I'd been to some IPSC uh, matches a couple of years ago. And uh, there was this A-Zone company that uh, is actually very close to Edmonton here. So I messaged them. Hey, you got these parts? Yep, we got all those parts. And I said, okay, cool. I'll send you an EMT. I sent them the EMT. In 10 minutes, they had the parts in the mail. Holy. Yeah. Who is this? A-Zone out of like uh, Segundo or like some small town near near Edmonton here. And their their service was fantastic. Their pricing was still, good too. Do you still need these safeties? Because these are these are Shadow 2 safeties. They don't fit oh, on a Shadow yeah. 1 the same way because the frame is wider. See the gap? See how it's not flush? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are shadow two safeties if you want them. Uh, maybe I've been I've been really thinking about it. Um, I posted that ever since I posted that article about the shadow one versus shadow two. Yeah. I've been having people message me saying, "Dude, like you got to replace the springs in your shadow two. Here's what you got to do: you got to replace your recoil spring, you got to yes. replace your hammer spring, you got to re- uh, change the firing pin to the longer firing pin. Then yeah. you got to change that spring, and then after that." Um, if you're going to shoot three gun, you might as well go to the single action only trigger. Um, and then if I do that, I might as well put a magwell on it. And if I'm going to do that, I need to change the grips. And if I do that, I need to get the different base pads. You don't need to do those things. Don't <laughs> <laughs> just use your Glock, Adriel. God, uh, don't destroy. Don't destroy. What's arguably the world's second best Ipsic pistol for three gun. <laughs> anyway the reason uh, why i bring it up again is find out if that company or send me their info that company what's it called a what a zone a zone that's yeah. a clever name for an ipsic company or a company that sells parts for ipsic people mm-hmm. anyway i bet they have the low profile shadow one safeties i bet you they do too okay remind Look, me after the show remind me after uh, the show I'll leave all right them. all right and if there's a price difference then i'll just make it up on, on my end cool yeah um. Yeah, so I got the parts yesterday. I think I got the parts yesterday. Ordered it like on Monday or Tuesday or something like that. I got it uh, Thursday. I uh, popped them in, and uh, my Shadow 2 is good to go. Where are they? Where are what? A-Zone. Where are they located? A uh, small town northwest of Edmonton. Very close, though. Okay. Yeah. But not close enough to drive. <clears throat> I could drive there. I just don't want to. If they could put something in the mail, it would get here very quickly. Yeah. It's I don't even think it's a shop. I think it's like they drive they they okay. um um I'm sure you have this in New Brunswick. They they drive to an Epsic event, they got a little like mini trailer, they pop open the mini trailer and it's got all the goodies in there. If you have if you like yeah. have a mag go down or if you bust a slide stop or something like that, they've got it in the trailer. No. You don't have that? Oh, it's the best thing ever. You go to a match and like in between your your stages, you can go shopping for like all sorts of little goodies. They got like the fiber optic rod and all this stuff that's like you know, it's funny. You... You know, it's funny. You've been to New Brunswick. Like, there's <laughs> 27 people here. I've never been to an Ipsic match in New Brunswick. But regardless. I mean, it's all, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, shout out to who's back up. I took uh, I took very little damage. I got like like some spray in the face, but that's why you wear safety Not the first time. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Shout out to back up and running. Good to go. I am still on the fence between whether I pimp this thing out with all these parts or I keep going with the Glock. Yeah. Uh, I might well, have here's a trade the thing. 
you, your Glock 34, you can't use in IPSC. Correct. If you do this to your Shadow 2, then you can't use your Shadow 2 in IPSC. Correct. Well, you can in open. So, well, you know. Blown out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm going back. I mean, some of the stuff I could do in IPSC. I could run, like, base pads on it. No problem. Yep. As long as they're not too long. I, I think I can change doesn't the springs matter. out. It doesn't go in the box. What doesn't go? What what doesn't the go in the box? Production guns don't go in the box. You can put a, whatever base pads you want. Oh, okay. Aftermarket base pads are good to go. Aftermarket mags are good to go. Aftermarket grip panels, providing that they somewhat match the original contour, are good to go. Yeah. Yep. And now aftermarket springs and trigger parts are good to go because if you're allowed mm. to tune the trigger on the plastic guns, you're allowed to tune the trigger on all the production guns, but you still have to maintain five pound uh, double axe pull. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a there's a bunch of stuff you can do on that. And then there's the there's a pre B disconnector I think that uh, really shortens up the uh, slack on it. So a whole bunch of stuff that what um, uh, someone sent to me that uh, I might have to dig into. Spend another two hundred bucks on springs and tiny little parts to throw into that thing to make it magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a I think I got a trade going for my M three hundred five for a Glock Gen three Glock seventeen. So I might do that. I think that's I a good deal. M three hundred five A, no, regular M three hundred five. Straight up, regular M three hundred five. I didn't know you had one. I got all sorts of weird stuff. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So I might trade that. Uh, have another Glock for no reason. Oh, uh, I traded my. Uh, well, wait now. Yeah, I received an M three hundred five for a P three twenty in cash. No, I got I got the M three hundred five and cash. Oh, that's a really good deal. Yeah, somebody gave me an M three hundred five and cash for my P three hundred twenty. You're gonna go the other way. You're gonna get rid of your M three hundred five for a pistol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Got me. It, it gives more room in the safe, so that's great. Uh, and then finally, uh, our new patches and stickers are moving along. I got a, a bit of a slimmer patch because our our logo is not quite as square anymore now it's like really skinny so i've got like a, a slim patch that should be able to fit if you've got uh, no space left over on your hat or whatever uh i actually posted a comp of it on one of our facebook chats someone was asking about patches and i said yeah here's kind of what they're gonna look like uh those are gonna get here somewhere around january so if if i if we owe you a patch uh send us an email uh, we head on to upcoming events. Uh, any events that you know of that we need to cover? If they're not in there, move on. Sweet. Uh, let's see here. Oh, you know what? Uh, the BC three gun uh, match is now scheduled. It's August something or other. Go to three gun.ca. They're all on there. Uh, news. Do you hear about uh, Instagram maybe banning gun stuff? Only tonight when I read that. That makes me sad because that's my only like online gun presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the military arms channel was uh, was saying that potentially they had said that uh, Polinar Tactical was banned and Definitive Arms uh, got banned as well. Really? Yep. Wonder why? Not sure. They didn't really say why. And then uh, CCFR's downrange. Uh, did you watch any of those episodes? Uh, well, I watched the one that came on the TV. Tell us about it, because I didn't watch it on TV. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good, man. Uh, the um, It was a little bit coverage of um, 
some three gun activity. It wasn't a three gun match. Um, I don't think it was a three gun match. I think it was like a light duty match. Something. It was. Uh, anyway, they were playing with three guns, but I don't know. But there was. It was very stationary. Like stand behind this object and shoot at these paper circles. Oh, they, they, they're, they're, they're definitely moving with uh they're definitely moving it was a, it was definitely a more tactical style three gun match than a than a race gamer style three gun match uh-huh yeah so like i said they're shooting at round circle paper targets on stands and clay pit clay pigeons mm-hmm. from a variety of different uh it was cool man three gun was on tv that's all i know um, and three gun was on tv where normally hunting shows would be and right. hunters are watching that stuff. And of course the highlight of the episode was Yolanda was, was on it and uh, it was all Yolanda all the time. She was at uh, what's the name of that indoor range? Lethbridge indoor range. No, Something no, like was it? No, was it? I thought it was the range where, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, it was anyway, yeah. she was, she does CCFR ladies nights. She's a field officer coordinator for her region. And um, one of the instructors at this ladies night program or at that range. And um, yeah, it was awesome. So they got, they were talking to people who were trying handguns for the first time. And there was a lot of footage of them shooting and Yolanda instructing and some of the other people. And it was, uh, it was awesome to see. Finally, it was a very historic event. Finally, for the first time in Canada on network television, we have a show dedicated to sport shooting. So. Yeah, people people using ARs and using them, using them, not just shooting from a bench at a, at a paper target. Yeah. I saw one of uh, Prestech Ventures' Beowulf Megs in one guy's gun, which was awesome. I saw that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a um, lot of clips from the Nationals, and there will be the Nationals will be covered uh, in future episodes. So that's cool. And uh, Rod does this thing, Pro Tips with Rod. This time he talked about... Uh, the actual laws around safe storage. I thought his stuff was really good because that's that's a really good topic for uh, people who are casual gun ho- gun owners. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's also good. And he explained it to the letter of the law, and also explained on how you could exceed the law if you wanted to, which is which is really good because remember. Part of CCFR's mandate is to educate the non-gun owning public on the facts. So there it was, black and white, for non-gun owners, what we have to do to secure our firearms. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 all good. Yeah, yeah. No, I like the uh like the angle there. I mean there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of gun owners who would happily throw uh pistol gun owners under the bus if they thought that it meant that they could keep their Duck guns and that kind of thing. So I think that uh, a program like this is is going to go a long way in just ensuring that more of those guys support uh, everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And they see that we're in a in a valid sport as well, and duck hunting isn't the only valid sport you can do with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Some you you'll get a tactical guy to agree with and support a fud way sooner than you will get a fud to change his mind. I remember, like a FUD is a FUD. The last time I bought my father a decent um, Christmas gift, I bought him a 1022 because he's had 22s his whole life. 
he didn't have a decent semi-automatic 22. So a couple of Christmases ago, I bought him a 1022 for Christmas. Mm-hmm. The very next Christmas, we're sitting around and we're talking about guns. And he says he had the gall to say no one needs a semi-automatic. So I looked across the table and said, I'll be happy to take back that 22 then. Silence. <laughs> Silence. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to put it in here because it's American news. But uh, Washington is making it so that people under 21 can't own an assault weapon. And they define an assault weapon as anything that's semi-automatic. So you can't have us like you could if you're under 21, if you're 18 to 21, uh, you can go to war and and run artillery or a tank or uh, or, or an M16 or an M4. But you can't buy a, a, a 1022 or an SVT 40 or anything like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, there's some there's some real ridiculous uh, uh, gun laws going on at the state level in the in the U.S. Yeah. Anyways, why don't we move on? Less. What's that? Under Trump, no less. Yeah, under Trump, no less. They're they're banning pump stops. Bunk under stops. Trudeau, yeah. Under Trudeau, we got the SLR, the Modern Sporter, the WK, yeah. the Stag Ten, the BCL. Under Trump, they lost the butt butt stock, and they want to make it illegal for anyone under eighteen to have a semi-auto. Yeah, I think some of that's timing, but yeah, it's uh, they're definitely not doing anything to help. Regardless of what we got under Trudeau, please note the hat. <laughs> please note uh, Trevor's wearing his opinion on his head. Right <laughs> I wore it in public for the first time today. Make Trudeau a drama teacher again. If uh, any of the listeners are interested in where they could get these hats, you can get them at Bullseye London. They're throwing them in free if you spend like $500 or $1,000. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I was, I don't even know where I saw it, but I ended up on the phone driving home and called them up and ordered two. Um, Sweet. I was leaving the barber and my barber's awesome. And you never met, you never met a bigger conservative. And was, uh, he, did he recommend wearing a hat? <laughs> I'm going to cut you. He, <laughs> uh, he's got the, uh, in his barber shop in Canada, he has the make America great again hat. So I was like, Oh buddy, I know where I can get a hat for you. So I ordered it for him as much as for me. So I ordered two. Sweet. So, he just got a bow too, so he'll be coming over here at some point to get the bow set up and stuff. So nice. Yep. Uh, yeah. Why don't we move on to uh, new gun stuff? So uh, Wolverine showed another prototype of their WK180 folding stock. They've now got a, like a, a wire style uh, folding stock on there. And uh, this new Glock 48 came out. Uh, it's got a stainless top. Uh, it's both the 48 and the 43X. Uh, this is a slim grip, 10-round mag Glock. Uh, one of the interesting things that these are, um, these are about as compact as you can get and still be Canada legal, which is kind of interesting. So is it, uh, so it's a 10-round single stack? Yes. And 19 slide or 17 slide? Mm, I didn't take a look at that. I just noticed, yeah, it's a slim magazine. Like as a Canadian, I don't really, I don't really look at a lot of these subcompact pistols because I don't care because we can't carry them for concealment. We can shoot them at the range. If I'm going to shoot a pistol at the range, I want to shoot something that's um, made for shooting at the range and made for competition, which is typically like a long slide. Who cares about concealability pistol? Yeah. Yeah. Novel up here. 
Yeah, I think the like the Glock 19s with the little like bump, the little barrel sticking out the end there are novel, but I don't know if I would particularly need one. Um, and I would rather have something double stack because the magwell offers more to aim at, right? Single stack mags are kind of a little bit wibbly wobbly to get in there um, and don't offer as much of a, a square thing to kind of ram in. So I would prefer a double double stack mag to, to a single stack. Would you concur? Um, I guess, although even... I guess you have a single stack <laughs> you're going to be competing of, with. Yeah, but of mm-hmm. course, they all have magwells. Mm-hmm. Right. Big magwells, yep. Otherwise, if you don't have a magwell, a double stack is nice because the, the mag itself is, you know, triangular shaped at the top and mm-hmm. more natural for what? For the insertion. You bet. So. Yep. Uh, anyways, those are out. Uh, and then the uh, new Walther steel frame Q5 matches are out. Uh, have you taken a look at these? You've probably seen the Q5 match, right? They're a uh, polymer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we got one at the shop right now. I think it's sold, but um, Q5 match with an optic on it from the from the factory. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Um, basically, you're getting the optic for half price if you get the gun with the optic on it already if you were to buy the gun and the optic separately it'd be an extra 200 bucks i think hmm. yeah so yeah so steel frame steel frame i this is Made new to me it. i was not mm-hmm. aware of this so um steel frame for more weight so now you can uh and and uh they're selling the one that has the uh uh replaceable plates on the top there for optics. So this well, will the slide be, will be the, the slide yeah. is probably the same slide. Yeah. That's on the regular Q fly, a Q five match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except now it's heavier. Now, um, when I first saw these things, uh, one of the things I noticed was that the trigger is, is five and a half pounds. And I was like, <laughs> but, uh, we're g- heading into a year with Ipsic where, now it's going to be three and a half pounds, but someone corrected me. Apparently it comes with springs in the kit to reduce weight to, to right around three and a half pounds. So this, I couldn't find it on any of their marketing literature, but apparently it's got these extra springs that you can use to, to jack the uh, trigger pull weight down. Oh, nice. So you don't have to mess around. It'll be right then and there. It's a $1,400 pistol. It should be ready right then and there for, for competition. Interesting. Yeah, but it comes with a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, big magwell, uh, 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 extended mag release. Uh, the trigger on it looks really nice. It's one of the uh, aluminum flat face ones. Uh, comes with base pads on the mag mags. Like there, it all looks really nice. Um, and if it comes with those those replacement springs for the trigger, because it's double double action the whole time, it's a striker fired pistol. Uh, it would be actually kind of neat for uh, uh, for Ipsic, right? Yeah, I'm looking at it, man. Thanks to Jeremy. Jeremy sent me the link on Facebook. And oh my God, it looks so much nicer and cooler than the plastic one. But I heard about people making aftermarket plastic or steel frames for Glocks. Mm-hmm. And apparently they didn't run. The Glock really kind of relies on that flexible plastic frame to run and be reliable. <laughs> yep. I wonder if that holds true for this. But if it's made I- by them, I don't imagine. Yeah, I imagine that's a design thing. Like the the people who make the aluminum or steel frames for the Glock um, didn't do a good job of designing it. Maybe they just replicate it in plastic when I think you need to take the materials into uh, account, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, very interesting. Um, and it's, it's really good to see, uh, a company listening to the market. They're not just making a pistol for the sake of it. They're, they're making a pistol be, to be a little bit more competitive and a better match. Uh, and the last one I wanted to uh, to kind of bring up here was the Mossberg M. I think it's yeah MC One SC Mossberg's making pistol skin. Yeah, um, Paul Lombard sent me that a couple of days ago. Says it needs a barrel shroud because you know what's a Mossberg firearm without a barrel shroud? Really, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they just took grab some guys off their shotgun line and said like, build us a pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a Glock forty three knockoff. He uses Glock mags. It's like exactly the same size as a Glock 43. That is interesting. Now, uh, um, uh, just permit me to to get into a little bit of conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat stuff here for, for, here for a minute, uh, because uh, this is a, f- a full conspiracy theory uh, from me. <laughs> uh, the Mossberg's model name, MC1SC. Boy, that's a that's an interesting model name. That doesn't really match with other Mossberg model names. You know what uh, manufacturer that lines up with almost exactly? First, let's go back to what are their regular model names? Uh, five ninety Shockwave, five hundred Persuader. Uh, let's see here, four by four. Uh, what else okay. I got right now? What's their new one? Mossberg Patriot. Patriot. Yeah. yeah. That's the blaze. Yeah. The blaze The the 47. They've got the, MC uh, they, their 902 plister. Uh, scroll up a little bit. You'll see. I'm looking I'm, at I'm buying an MC 28 S a. Now that now, uh, Gersan has C as their compact models. They're mm-hmm. all MC model number. And then a little bit afterwards. Isn't that oh. interesting? So you think that this is just being made in Turkey for them? I, I don't know. Like the grip itself, like the the plastic on it says US. But the model number is exactly... Now, hey, keep in mind here, Mossberg makes a pistol. This pistol uses Glock mags. This pistol uses SIG style sight cutouts. So you can replace the sights with SIG style. You know who else is really known for taking a pistol... And duplicating it but making it better, Gerson. They make an MMP knockoff. They make a Beretta ninety two knockoff. Both of them, uh, and they make a nineteen eleven. And now it wouldn't be like a stretch. Like keep a mic's full conspiracy hat on here. Yeah, tinfoil. Uh, they had something to do with it. Maybe they had something to do with it. I am. I am spreading uh, unsubstantiated rumors on the internet. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's just a very odd model name to use for uh, uh, for a pistol for Mossberg. You would expect them to say like the M1 uh, Devastator or <laughs> something or the Pocket Protector or, or put a name on it, not call it the MC1SC. That's Gersan's model number, uh, model naming style. And where'd they get, like, where'd they pull their pistol designers off from? Their shotgun line? Their rifle line? Yeah. They just, like, pull a pistol out of out of thin air kind of a thing. Anyways, pure conspiracy, unsubstantiated. You heard it here first, but it's, it's probably lies and uh, deceit. Uh, <laughs> why don't we get on to our main topic of 2019? Uh, maybe uh, starting off, uh, Trevor, how was your 2018 for shooting? 
Um, I think it was awesome. It was um, a very productive year, a very busy year, a lot of travel, a lot of matches, a lot of different um, accomplishments. It started off in the spring where I attended the um, third annual CCFR AGM. This time we were in Ottawa. Um, then I was match director for, um, well, then overall throughout the, I was very active with Ipswich New Brunswick this year. It's my first full year as training coordinator. So, um, my primary focus was on organizing black badge courses, helping mentor new instructors, helping keep current instructors up to date, making sure they had materials and, um, I attended uh, a Nipsic Canada meeting on behalf of Ipsic New Brunswick as our um, training coordinator. Got to talk about upcoming changes there. That was really exciting. Uh, at home, I was part of, in one way or another, um, 10 Black Badge classes happened. Um, oh. I, I was present for, I think, eight of them. Um, RO class, CRO class, I was match director for the third annual Ronnie DeGroote Steel Challenge, match director for the charity shoot where we raised $7,000 by the time all was said and done, which was the second highest amount and just blew the previous New Brunswick amount out of the water. Um, match director for SummerSlam where I finished uh, third in Classic, so that was pretty awesome. And um, got some mentoring done under Jim Smith, who was the... Um, uh, president of the National Range Officer Institute of Canada. And so uh, he was there as co-range master with Chris. So I was learning stuff from him about the range master game. Uh, it was probably the best SummerSlam that I've put on so far as far as logistics and how smooth things went. Uh, I was also the match director for the Archery New Brunswick Provincials, which is also a sanctioned level three. I became the first Ipswich New Brunswick Classic champ even though I lost the match, unfortunately, to Tim Thomas. Um, mistakes were made. Lessons were learned. Let's <laughs> let's move on. I uh, gained the New Brunswick title but didn't win the match, so that's kind of a bittersweet. Uh, I was zero at the Nationals and uh, finished 14th overall, first in C, C division, or C class, sorry, first in C class, and Tim Thomas made fun of me, made fun of me mercilessly for this, called me the biggest sandbagger in the world because – um, apparently if I had registered as an A-class shooter, I screwed that all up. Uh, last time I was classified, I was classified as a C, but that was also with a standard gun. So, uh, during registration, you, you uh, were able to declare your class. I didn't want to self-declare and call myself an A, but I guess I should have, because I think mm -hmm. if you go back and you look at my results, um, I would have... I would have uh, finished second in, in A class. Yeah, and would have been close to first. Anyway, that was kind of hilarious. Um, and I got confirmation a couple of weeks back from uh, Ipsit Canada that uh, my R RM status is approved. So that's cool. I can uh, actually call myself an Ipsic Range Master now, uh, which probably just means more work, really. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and it, it means that, uh, you know, I'm free and clear to teach CRO classes without having to co-teach with another range master. So I've been co-teaching them with Chris. 
Chris taught me my RO course. Chris taught me my CRO course. But Chris is knocking on 70 and he's had enough. He would continue to come out with me if need be, but he's had enough. So now that I uh, got the um, green light from IPSA Canada, uh, I can teach those things on my own from now on. So um, what else? Oh, and of course, I, I picked up uh, Calgary Shooting Center as a, as a sponsor in 2018. So I bought a lot of guns. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we taught some classes in Edmonton or Alberta again. We did gopher hunting again. Um, yeah, um, my club uh, hosted its first uh, maple seed. Big, big busy year for Ipswich New Brunswick. We had two level three matches at my club alone. Three in the province. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good year. A lot of things were accomplished. What about you? How was your 2018? What were your what were your major milestones? Uh, let's see. Well, I went to the Atlantic provinces, which was the first time for me. I also went to Ontario for the first time and like stayed in Ontario and did stuff other than just going through the airport um, or working in Toronto. Um, so I went to the rest of Ontario, not just the center of the universe. Um, that was last year or year before, though. And did uh, it make you want to also... move there? No, no, no. no. <laughs> No, definitely not. Uh, I like to, uh, when I start driving, I like to go somewhere and not just go sideways and all around trees and rocks. And I like to go straight and fast and far. And Alberta and Saskatchewan are perfect for that. So, yep. No, I'll, uh, I'll keep, I'll, I'll stay here for now. Um, let's see here. Yeah. First time in, in the Atlantic provinces. Very cool. Uh, I went to 12 three gun matches this year, uh, including two major matches. Uh, <clears throat> did the uh, charity match in New Brunswick, and that was my first time shooting a trap round, my first time doing steel challenge, and my first time shooting silhouette. Nice. Well, yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's what I like about that format. Uh, a guy like you who's been shooting all kinds of stuff for years yeah. got to do some new stuff that you've never done before. Yeah, and that's like three new things in one match. <laughs> never mind um, all the rest of the stuff we did. I was the first guy to win a three gun match with a SLR. Oh, there was that too. Yeah. So I got the first SLR in Canada. Um, and if somebody else can, can, can contest that by all means, go ahead. But yeah, well, there's lots of these little outlaw matches, but you can claim it. I'm claiming it, claim it, claim it. Uh, let's see here. Did the Furlachi course today. Uh, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, went to two Ipsic style pistol mini matches at Phoenix, uh, did two maple seeds this year and got into the maple seed IOT program. So, uh, yeah, pretty busy year for, for me as well. Uh, yeah. what are you looking for? Uh, what are you going to try to do in your 2019? Um, well, there, there'll be the, you know, attend the charity shoot in Alberta. Um, we're teaching a Frilacci class at the Calgary shooting center. Woo, woo. That's going to be on Friday, July. Stand by. Fifth, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Friday, July 5th, Calgary Shooting Center for Lachi class. We'll be taking registrations for that soon. Um, I want to shoot a gopher in the face with my SLR. That's on my list of things to do mm -hmm. in 2019. Mm -hmm. Um. I've, you know, I'm going to be hosting the fourth annual Ronnie DeGroote Memorial Steel Challenge. Um, 
more more teaching. I've got RO classes. I've got a CRO class coming up in March uh, that I'm teaching. I got an RO class in April that I'm teaching. Um, rolling out some more changes to the Black Badge program for New Brunswick. Some some administrative stuff that's hopefully going to help streamline the program, make it better. Ooh, um, Canadian Nationals are in Quebec. Last year I finished 14th. It would be great if I could bump up that ladder. I oh, dude, I would love top ten. I would love to finish top ten overall, not like A class or C class. I mean, <laughs> top ten overall for, for classic. Yeah, go do some more classifiers and just do awful in them and show up and like get get top B class shooter this year. Don't don't go for A. Go for B. no no. Don't be greedy. Yeah, just go for top B this time. Top C trophy, top B trophy, then maybe a top A trophy. Yeah, yeah, you got to take a slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get them all. You know what's hilarious? At this year's nationals, uh, first place C trophy was larger than sixth place overall. I, I, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what else do I want to do in 2019? Uh, win, win the New Brunswick Provincials again in Classic would be fun. But uh, I may after nationals, I may switch to PCC for the remainder of the season. I'm gonna I'm committed to stick to classic. Well, for a couple of reasons: one, my sponsor gave me this awesome gun, mm-hmm. and two, um, I'm on the classic team going to the nationals. And uh, shout out to all the other New Brunswick boys that are going there with me, and all the other teams. Um, but after that, I might, I might, I have a PCC bought and paid for. Right, it's on the way. Um, so, I kind of kind of like the idea of doing that for the remainder of the season we'll see we'll see oh it depends we're supposed to revamp how our teams are selected in new brunswick mo and i are looking at that and uh when we come up with a a more update current team selection criteria i'll switch to a classic if it's not going to hurt me like if i've got enough classic matches if i've had enough strong enough finishes where i'll still make the classic team in 2020 then uh or maybe I'll be on the first New Brunswick PCC team. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So, but um, yeah, that's that's about it. Cool. Uh, you know, uh, Brant on the on the feed there reminded me of something I did in 2018 that I, I neglected to. Mention. Oh, that's right. Got, Thanks, uh, Brant. Yeah, I got 244 with a on a maple seed with a, a Narinko bolt action rifle. Yeah. Not only is it the highest score shot by a podcaster and one of the highest scores in Canada, or is it even the highest Canadian score? No, not the highest Canadian score. Well, perfect score is 250, dude. You're only six points off. Who has it better than a 244? Someone's got it better than a 244. But of the podcasters, yeah, definitely. That's yeah, of the podcasters, good. definitely, and it's going to be a hard number to beat for a while. So not only do you have the highest podcaster score, you did it with a Narinko. Not only did you do it with a Narinko, you did it with a bolt action. And for anyone who's taken a a well set up semi-automatic tool maple seed and fail to get rifleman. You understand how hard it is to shoot a rifleman. Never mind the fact that you don't have to change your natural point of aim to chamber around after every shot. You know, the gun is doing it for you. So you don't lose your natural point of aim. You don't have to um, get your elbows back under the gun when you're prone. You don't have to worry about the clock. It's all you got to do is breathe and press the trigger. But with a bolt action, oh my God, you got to reacquire your natural point of aim. You got to worry about the clock more. So you were you were able to 
get your natural point of aim back, not worry about the clock, and do lay the smack down. It's it's not just one thing to say, hey, you got a 244, good for you. A 244 with a bolt action, my friend, that's a serious accomplishment. Even if I tied you or beat you, you could always look me in the eye and go, yeah, but you did it with a semi. With a, Nare- <laughs> so the- yeah, with a non-Nareko bolt action. <laughs> right, right. There's no, there's no coming back from this. Nothing, nothing any of us can do can, can top this unless we beat you with the same kind of gun or we beat you with irons. Mm. That's it. That's the only way to... You uh, own bro- or like a, a like a yeah an irons like a a marlin 795 with irons uh, beating that score would be impressive yeah yeah that's about it man otherwise you got the bragging rights forever on this one and i'm i'm just so happy for you i really yeah. got a couple rifleman patches now but you got one of those too i got uh, uh yeah i got two because i got one per day but i mean i've got like five rifleman scores now hmm. yeah. so yeah uh, 2019. What do I want to do? I want to shoot some more maple seeds. I want to. I want to try to uh, help with uh, uh, running Teaching. a maple seed yep. event. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, like the fact that like I've shot thousands, tens of thousands, probably tens of thousands of gophers in my lifetime. I've got a lot of practice with a 22. So, <laughs> a lot. A lot of other people don't. So you know, we gotta we gotta get the next generation of uh, of people skilled up in there. Um, like I. I I was reflecting back on Maple Seed when I was writing that accuracy article about like standing accuracy and prone accuracy. If you can shoot uh, like a two MOA group while prone and say like three or no, not three, four, three or four inches uh, standing at 25 meters, you're good to go. Uh, you will get your Maple Seed, but most people don't. It's yeah. uh, it's a, a small percentage of people out there that, that can actually do that. So I think that, uh, uh, rifleman skills are super important and, and that that's something that we need to to grow in, in the country. And that's something that uh, I want to grow in the country. Uh, so I definitely want to uh, work on that. Uh, I want to shoot a bunch of three gun matches. Um, that's definitely in there. I want to, I want to uh, shoot some other clubs, three gun matches as well. Uh, kind of get a flavor for how other clubs are doing it and, uh, and seeing what they're doing and steal their great ideas. Um, oh, there was some more stuff. I really wish you'd come shoot mine. Your three gun? Yeah. I have to like pull all my stuff out. I'll give you everything. Just show up. Ammo, oh, guns. Stuff. I love my stuff so much. I'd have to bring a belt probably at least. Bring your own belt. Yeah. Mm. You think I'd do well? Nope. <laughs> yes, you would do well. You would be <laughs> you would be in the top five, top three for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nobody out here shoots as much three gun as you. They're all Ipsit guys yeah. that shoot a couple of three gun matches a year, but some of them, you know, are capable. You're going up against the McClatchy's and the me and the muffins and filthy does good every time. Fred does good every time. Yeah. I would say I would, I would take an advantage if there was a long distance rifle and, uh, a lot of shotgun reloading. If your shotgun uh, round counts per stage is like nine, 10, it doesn't make any difference. You're pulling the trigger. There's no reloading there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I try not to have um, too much reloading of shotgun in the stages, but some. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we had one. Oh, what do we have? One stage that was all shotgun. It was like twenty rounds or something. So, I mean, it was. Ugh, 
I just I just kept changing magazines. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like the you know last year and even early this year, I won a lot of the shotgun stages. I got first overall on shotgun stages. That's not happening anymore. I'm not I, like those days are gone. I'm not going to get top overall on shotgun anymore because of these guys running around with these uh, pump action. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's good. They they should have an uh, an advantage if they're shooting um, open. And yep. now they do. Now they have a huge advantage. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, in terms of what else, I, I would I would like to shoot a couple Ipsic, uh, uh matches. Um, I'd like to throw on a charity match and have that go uh, awesome. And You'd like to. You are. You <laughs> am. I'd like it to go awesome. Is okay. A, that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can. I can. I can do a, a crap job of it. Uh, fairly. Fairly. I'm fairly confident of that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um. And then I think of what else I would like to do. I think that's about it. I think, uh, yeah, it's been a, it, uh, this year was pretty busy. I don't think I'll be able to match the, the volume of shooting I did in 2018 and 2019. Um, but uh, if I can make, if I can do about the same, that'd be cool. I, I can't see myself doing any less, you know, um, there's one less thing on my plate. Uh, I won't be hosting the provincial. I may end up being um, part of the match committee in one way or another. Um, maybe on scene, maybe definitely behind the scenes. Um, if there's a crony there, I'll probably no doubt have a hand in helping get the crony set up, but uh, hard to say. But it won't be at my range, so that's a good thing. Yep. Yeah, less to do. Yep. Yeah. I've still got my black badge, the annual steel challenge match, which we pretty much have to set up almost simultaneously. We start building the, the, the black badge matches first and then the charity shoot or the um, steel challenge goes up in and around those stages because the stages that we start constructing end up in the end being a version of they're a version of what will end up being a finalized SummerSlam stage. So that's the the big advantage that we have in Rescrish that a lot of people can't appreciate because they just they're not from here and it's different where they're at is we can put stages up in April or May and they stay there and they don't get touched mm-hmm. with and they're not in the way because the pistol section is so huge and it's just used for the Ipsic program. So if I build the stage in Bay Three, it stays there. Yeah, we're, we're incredibly, awesome. yeah, incredibly fortunate. Yeah, cool. Uh, I don't know. I think that's good for 2018, 2019. I mean, um, cool. I would like to find out whether I should run this or my Glock for three gun. I would, I would like to do that. Glock, man, Glock. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Glock too. It's. I that's just need those 13. I just need the 40 cal mags to work. Yeah, my, even if they answer. don't. So what? That's a big difference. If you oh, could run 30% more ammo in your gun, like keep sure. in mind, like th- three gun stages are not designed around a 10 round mag. There might be positions where you can see and shoot more than just 10 <clears> rounds. <throat> so yeah, sometimes there's a, there's an advantage to that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. Listener feedback, YouTube version. Uh, have you been watching the YouTube? I have, but there's a lot here. Let me go through it. Hmm. Um, Doug says, welcome back. Thanks, Doug. Um, no, Patrick, it's not 20 or 285. It's 285. Why would I want a single stack in Canada? Because Ipsic. 
Uh, Ola from Western Canada. Patrick says hi. And Jeremy. Um, little sad didn't get an invite. Well, we tried to host the show a day late, thinking that you'd miss it, but here you are. Uh, my 147 grain stock, Jeremy. I'm keeping everything I have left for myself. So I need to uh, call them up and tell them so that they can send more. Brant wants to know where all the hosts are. Uh, Kelly's got a family thing. Matthew hates the listeners. And Jeremy, um, still hungover since New Year's Eve. Uh, getting old and out of practice. Old, yes, out of practice, no. Um, the Lord's Calipers, home told. 45. 45. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy yeah. wants to pick up my 223 brass from now on because obviously it's. Processing. Sounds like good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take this two dot stuff. Look for that. That's the, that's the best. Yeah. Flash holes, deep bird primer pocket is uh, not only swaged, but uniformed. Mm. Luke says at least Adriel's here. Luke, you can eat a dick. Um, Brant. Did you? Oh, Brant wants to know if I sent the list to them or for them to put the gun together for me. I didn't really talk about what I did to the gun. The gun came factory stock. I replaced the front sight for a Dawson. I replaced the trigger for a short reach STI trigger. The internals are still the same. The safety is still the same for now until I put on double tap safeties. The magwell is Dawson. There's a Dawson pin kit, Wolf um, 9-pound recoil spring, and a 15-pound mainspring and Dawson magazine release and STI extended button and a Dawson magwell and the VZ operator two grips. <sighs> Jeremy's talking about shooting fast. Let's see. Uh, I don't see Jeremy. Mm, no other. Jeremy's wondering if the C stands for carry in that Mossberg pistol. And he said that they are the uh, Mossberg is the firearms Illuminati and no one's heard from them since. That's and... the conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Turkish Illuminati. Yeah, could be. Mossberg is the Turkish Illuminati. Mm. Yes. They've so. been infiltrated by the Turkish Illuminati. There you go. Now they're making Turkish pistols. In yeah. America. So that's it for YouTube. What about the regular feedback? Uh, let's see here. Our regular listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. They offer hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out their online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca but they do have very poor hiring practices. So I'd have to say that that's not actually part of the promo background. They don't do background checks on their people. Definitely. I have a pal background checks. I have a pal. So I do a background check. So there's a background check for you right there. <laughs> Keep me out of the promo. Okay. Uh, follow DC Armory, uh, Armory DC gunsmith on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, let's see here. Our first bit of listener feedback. Uh, who's this from? Uh, this is from Spencer in Spencer. Smyrna. Spencer in Smyrna. Hey guys, I just wanted to send a quick note about using the 12 gauge mini shells. There's a little rubber adapter for the Mossberg 500s that makes them function correctly. 
It's from a company called Opsol. That's O-P-S-O-L. And I think Brunel's carries them. I also wanted to request that Trevor never, never sing on the podcast again. <laughs> My op- iPod, which has run flawlessly since I bought it in 2012, completely freaked out during that part of the show. It kept activating voice command, which is uh, what Apple had before Siri came along. I was sure I disabled that in the settings, and when I checked it, was still shut down. So I don't know how it activated itself. You're welcome. It also started playing the podcast at two times the normal speed. Mm. <laughs> uh, I ended up having to do a reset on it to get it working again, but I skipped past the singing part this time, and I haven't had a problem with it since. Hope you guys still all had a good New Year's, Spencer. P.S. I got the email today. Looks like the Glock 43X and 48 are official now. Yeah, he had sent us an email a couple of weeks back uh, with the, uh, you know, it had had been leaked. So Mm. it was coming. And yep, now it's definitely official since they are for sale. I get yours at the Calgary Shooting Center. Yep. Uh, Shout outs. Uh, Mine goes to Captain Andy. And his wife, Kim, they came up to the gunny New Year's Eve party, which was fantastic. And, uh, of course, to uh, Luke from formerly of Bang Bang Switch Boutique. He deep fries a turkey for us every year. Um, But this is a gun-related shout-out, and that's to Andy for taking my NEA upper and barrel back home with him to repair, replace the um, locator pin in the top of the barrel extension he um, started to mill it out and it pulled right out of there so he was able to get it out no problem at all he got a new harder piece of material it's an eighth so it's not like it's an odd number or anything so he made a new pin right size shape sank that sucker in there and now my barrel is good to go so i have to build another ar because (laughs) i've got an upper with a barrel on it adriel what choice do i have I mean, you could just have that as the upper and just Shut swap up. in the lower when you want to. No, no. I have a 14.5 inch upper already. I mm. I know what you're going to say next. Well, then you also already have a 14.5 inch AR, don't you? Mm. Yeah, what do you do with that? Sell it, build it, sell it. Mm. Yeah, No yeah. point. Yeah. Sell just the upper. Someone else can build. I could. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, I never thought about selling AR parts before. This novel. We'll talk about this later off here. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Uh, I know who needs an upper. Filthy traded his polymer lore with a dude for uh, a nano case in exchange for. No, dude had a polymer lore because they were like 50 bucks at the time. A bunch of us got them. So he had a polymer lore and filthy traded his nano case. Filthy received an anode case in exchange for his 7.62 by 39 upper. So this guy put a 7.62 by 39 upper and a polymer lower. So I'm of the opinion that it's not a matter of when it's going to crack, but or not a question of if, but when it's going oh, to crack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe he'll want this regular 5.56 upper instead, and he can sell that. Well, actually, no, he won't because he'll probably enjoy the the cheap cost of surplus ammo ah well maybe maybe paul lombard needs an upper i think i will sell it yep you're on to something make some room for other guns 
and better yep. guns. Uh, any other shoutouts? Uh, no, no. I've got one to uh, a zone. One day <laughs> shipping it in one day. It's crazy. And make sure you remind me after the show, and I'll check if they got safeties. We've done that. Gavin, Gavin bought a part from us one day at the shop when we put it in the mail that same day. Oh yeah, I love it. It's uh, the way it's the way it is whenever possible, but mm-hmm. not always possible. Uh, Patreon supporters, we have 83. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, go on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio. And uh, when we get our new patches, we'll pop one in the mail for you and stickers. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody was saying they're having a hard time to find the show or something. They wanted to know if there's a, a feed. Is there a feed for Patreon or do they have to go to the site and download it? There's a feed for Patreon. Yes, there is. Yes. I nice. found it one time. It was like a, yeah, it's like an RSS audio feed you can subscribe to. I think I'm pretty sure um, Patreon also does like a subscription thing where if you're subscribed to something um, they'll email you and let you know about new posts that are Patreon only. Which we, yes. just, put, we just put another one of those out. The Brant one. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, there's that Patreon thing. It helps us with uh Money for hosting and, you know, that kind of thing. Ammo. Yes. Ammo. Ammo. No, I don't think we use it for ammo. Mm. We use it for paying our bills. Um, Matthew got a new laptop. Mm -hmm. I got a new laptop. Um, You got flown to the charity shoot. Matthew and I will get flown to the charity shoot. Mm -hmm. It it helps. uh, And we give back to the Patreonies by giving them swag and bonus content. And so, we've used it for like headsets and webcams and that kind of oh, stuff to make too, the yeah. better quality for the, for the listeners. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately you can see me better than ever before. Sorry about that, but you paid for this. <laughs> Sorry. The Patreonies <laughs> paid for the rest of y'all to suffer having to see this in HD. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, finally, uh, please join one of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check or us the out CCFR. On- I said the CCFR. Oh, yeah. You said yeah. one of, so I just made a joke. Uh, one of our National Fire Association, such as the CCFR or the CCFR. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. We have a forum over there where you can talk to us on the show. Uh, like us on Facebook. We're at over 2,000 likes. Over 2,000. Excellent. And uh, check us out next week. Later, everyone. Bye, everybody. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.